Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, wrapping up another trade week and another interesting week that it was. We're going to take a look at what's been happening on the livestock side to kind of kick things off. Um, questions like sell signals in the hogs, negativity to the meat trade due to all that's happening in California. Let's talk about the fact that cash cattle markets got some happiness going along with it. We'll also take a look at the happenings on the grain side of the action, which everything um, for the most part, except for soybean meal, had a lot of green. Now we look at the wheat complex, of course, we do have some negativity going on that in Kansas City and Minneapolis, but for the most part, a positive feel to wrap up the trading week as Joe Coima joins us. He's with Coima Coima Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So we're going to kick it right off because I had a, a farmer reach out who wanted me to ask you, are there any sell signals in the hogs? Thanks for having me on uh, this afternoon. Appreciate it. Um, great question. Um, to, to start there, uh, we have witnessed the, this hog market um, a lot of strength in the cutout here the last couple of weeks, uh, but we've been taking a look at some of these deferred contracts, October, decent Feb, and a very solid uptrend, um, kind of a formation that we have in those those days where we're down $2 intraday, uh, we come ripping back um, and, and keeping that uptrend intact. Uh, that was kind of let go uh, yesterday from, from the get-go. Had a poor uh, cash and cutout um, together in the afternoon. Usually before that, we had one you know, cash down and product up or vice versa. Uh, but the two kind of collapsed at the same time. So I made a big struggle on the opening. Uh, we did see a little bit of recovery uh, today, but an inside move from yesterday's big candle uh, that we had. But I would say breaking that uptrend line like we did yesterday um, certainly would, would feel like the that the tides have turned necessarily, but we both know with hogs, you know, it doesn't give you a postcard or a flyer telling you that, hey, we're going to turn around here pretty soon. Usually it's a little violent. And that is, that is certainly what we, we saw yesterday. So I do think you do have that big chart picture that tells you that we're probably going to start downtrending here a little bit is how I look at it. And some of this negativity on the product is starting to show a little bit more. Yesterday's cutout was up over $4 in the afternoon. But if you look at all the, the cuts, everything was kind of hanging on by a little bit. And the and bellies were up $22. And I think that was kind of the saving grace of that yesterday. But I can only hold out for, for so long here as we move forward. So you're getting your little bit of seasonals, too. The first week in August is kind of your last hurrah for the cash market. And it's starting to kind of dial in into some of those seasonals, too, there. Yeah, too bad they wouldn't give you some sort of uh, notification warning that things were going to change. Because this hog market's definitely had some some interesting movement this entire summer. Yes, very much. So you have to repeat that question. I didn't quite get it. No, nope, it wasn't. It was just a statement. Um, let's look at the fact gotcha. that there's been some some warmer weather. I know it's more of a concern from a cattle side, but Joe, I saw some readings that were talking about it being a stressful factor for hog movement, at least getting a move from the barns to the to the processing facilities. Yeah, that's that's always kind of a struggle um, this time of year. It's been a mild summer in, in, in the north part here, but yeah, we're certainly going to see some of that moving uh, forward on some weight data and, and, and whatnot, but definitely stressful. You know, on the cattle side, I don't know exactly, you know, number count, you know, that was you know, lost uh, due to death, but certainly a hindrance on the performance level there. What about, uh, we were talking before we started this program, really about the negativity that's happening in this meat trade right now. So much of it tied to California and Prop 12. Yeah, we're, we're maybe starting to see a little bit of what that could 
turn into. Um, you're, you're certainly seeing a, a cheaper product that, that we can grow, probably getting you know, more expensive um, if it's the rest of the states want to follow through uh, with that, which is going to take years and years and years. But it's certainly something that we need to you know, educate uh, a lot more people about that we can still have good animal welfare in the systems that we're in at, uh, still providing a, a quality uh, food product for them. How do you see that um, long-term, though, having an effect on these, these not only pork producers, but just livestock in general? I, I think the, the bigger picture would, would, would be a little bit more on the friendly side for prices, but um, not to the consumer. Um, a heck of a lot more work uh, that needs to go in. You know, a lot of this infrastructure that we have uh, for these animals kind of have to be re-looked at um, and maybe knock down or start over, that type of a thing. So it's kind of a pain in the butt in, in the in the bigger picture uh, as well and then just kind of going away from the, this cheaper food uh, that we do produce here in, in the United States. But very long-term with that aspect, but something that not keep an eye on now but it's just a longer longer term approach with that so are you happy with how the cash traded this week for the cattle big surprise um quite nice uh, to see that this week hasn't been exactly easy um to to, to trade you've had one update followed by a down day uh, wednesday thursday we we saw a little bit of um that we're, we're not necessarily uh, bulletproof uh, with the cattle. We did see the U.S. credit rating uh, go down a little bit, but you know who's surprised with the reckless uh, spending anyway? Uh, so we, we did see that outside market money flow start coming out. Uh, the stocks a little bit definitely affected the, the cattle Wednesday, and then it was about yesterday mid morning uh, when that outside market uh, finally found a footing. And then the cattle could come uh, back up uh, with it, uh, but very quiet cash cattle trade until yesterday afternoon. In, in the afternoon after the markets had closed, all of a sudden there's a little um, inklings from majors, uh, actually, that we haven't heard from in a while. And they were also in 87 on some stuff, and then 88, and then, then today, definitely some more follow-through that more people are getting this, this dollar 88 here in the north. Uh, still nothing uh, coming out of the south, but what a great surprise to have in the first week of august we put on two dollars from last week you know i hope that's setting maybe setting the bar kind of high but maybe a, a good footing here for the rest of you know this coming up uh, the last you know, fourth quarter here too all right well stick around folks we do have a lot more coming up as we get ready for part two on a friday it's the Fontenelle final bell on the rural radio network Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the Channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced Channel Seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select Channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. ARVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Joe Coima. He's with Coima Coima Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So before we jump into the side of the grain happenings, we kind of left off talking about what was happening on the cash side uh, for this cattle. But I was curious, what do you see for the supply-demand picture? for live cattle earlier this week during cattle call brad and i were talking about you know uh the higher prices that we were seeing for some of these cows going to market and what type of effect that was going to have on the overall trade and and replacement and 
what is your thoughts? Give us your spin on what you're thinking. Well, the, you know, this whole fundamental picture that you know we're kind of in, we're embracing uh, the moment here right now. But you know, it started two, two and a half, almost three years ago about all this female slaughter, cow slaughter. Um, it almost you know the market goes through those cycles seven years where that pendulum will swing back and forth. Uh, but it seems like the last two years you, you almost had that pendulum get swung way off course. Um, that you overdid things uh, to a certain degree. So I, I think that's why you have these big high prices uh, for these cows. You have these huge prices for these flyaway calves coming um, right now. So I, I think that's part of it. So that, that's your lack of supply and your demand to have some hooves in, in the yard or some females around. I mean, that's what it looks like to me, um, that we just overdid things and the market's going to have to reflect that big change because uh, I, I really think this is one for the ages of how quickly we brought down this herd size and, and continuing uh, to do so in, in such a manner as well. So I guess that's my, my two cents just looking at it as a bigger picture. All right, let's switch gears and go to the grains and uh, you made a perfect statement. It's just weather at this point that seems to be talked about on this grain complex. Yep. Weather, uh, weather, weather, um, you know, drastic changes uh, this year from a very hot warm dry uh beginning end of june and into july and then i heard the cicadas singing and then early and that's going to tell us maybe we're going to cool off and that's what these weather models are starting to show um unfortunately that's what the funds are, are trading as well uh so coming out of length and beans um, driving some more shorts home uh, for corn so that's the bigger picture there uh, is, is what we're seeing um, 94 million acres is a lot of acres uh, to deal with too and you can have some some changes in um, you know what the yield is even by a few bushels and still have a pretty big balance sheet so I think that's what you know, the funds are looking here uh, right now um, a lot of weather here in, in front of us we'll have to take a look over the weekend as to what areas were promised so much rain and if it, they got it all so a lot of that will be kind of uh, strung out over uh, the weekend here and kind of come back Monday to see exactly uh, who got what. Well I know that uh, some of the early talk and I'm sure it's the same way in Iowa this dry land could be harvested a lot earlier with some definite lower production numbers. Yep they have you know gonna have your trouble spots you know and there's some areas maybe less here they're gonna be looking for some of that um, it's unfortunate uh, some of these rains are going to be coming in a little bit too late uh, for some areas. What about uh, as we look at uh, other aspects of this? You talked about the funds wanting to push their sell orders. Yeah, they're they're not always afraid to when a, a trend happens, and they've been kind of quick to happen uh, this year. It's not, I don't think the funds have had a really good time trying to figure it out. They've been flip-flopping a lot in, in corn uh, and, or in grain specifically uh, this year, but it looks like they're not wanting to drive this one home necessarily, but short-term trend is in their favor, and they'll probably just keep going as long as these weather miles keep you know, calling for a big cool-down uh, and, and some moisture. That's what they're going to trade off of, and if we kind of make some new lows, they're not afraid to press into new lows either. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but that's usually... Um, uh, the spear that they carry, so to say. That's just how they trade these grains. Are we getting desensitized to the whole happenings of Russia and Ukraine? It, it feels that way. You've, you've had, well, it feels that way. It looks that way, too. If, if we had two episodes 
the last couple of weeks or two weeks here, even some uh, this week of some overnight. Um, Ukraine going to Russia last night, you know, on some ports. Um, yeah, you, you, you get a couple hour little spur rally uh, from these headline traders, but it just doesn't seem to stick like it should. And we all care about what's going on there, but it seems like the market is just is looking onto something different. Maybe it's focusing on our domestic product here, what we have or how much we're going to produce, and maybe a little bit less uh, demand uh, coming from the corn aspect uh, as well. So the forefront of Ukraine and Russia, it's not there anymore. We're, we're focusing on something different. It's kind of in the background. That's where you see these rallies. But having it twice this week, that it doesn't want to hold on to that, it puts a little bit of a sour note in my mouth. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys? Just give us a call uh, here, uh, 1-800-358-3047. All right, Joe, thanks for joining us this week. All right, thanks for having me on. That's Joe Coima, of course. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. You can check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe for those free podcasts. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.